Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, of course, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we have been talking about caring for our communities. Now, this episode, I'm not going to lie, is going to be a little tough, and I think that's a good thing. It's important that we discuss the tough issues that go on in our families and in our communities in order to help turn things around where they need to be. My guest today is Kimberly King. She's called the Tough Topics Mom, which uh, you know that there's going to be some tough topics that we're going to discuss. She's the author of the best-selling, most highly recommended book for children on prevention called I Said No, which is a kid-to-kid guide to keeping private parts private. Kimberly is a mom of three children, a survivor, a sexual abuse prevention facilitator with a D. 2L.org, and a sexual assault crisis counselor with the Rowan Center. Now, she spends her time training adults and children on prevention strategies and sharing her own expertise as a consultant, advisor, and media source. She holds an MS in education, and she's also got a BS in child development and family studies. So she's, she's really taken this to not only her life mission, but to make sure that she is educating herself the areas that will help us more. She's also a kindergarten teacher and she lives in coastal Connecticut with her family and therapy dog named Alfie. Now, this is what I wanna really cover here. Her award-winning books for children on tough topics are really important for not only what they do, but how they support mental health and wellness. She's sold over 300,000 copies across the globe, which I think goes up to their like most highly recommended book. And is the owner of Safe and Sound Kids Collaborative, where she provides proactive parenting, coaching, and consulting. These are going to be some tough conversations today, but ones that we should all take note of. So Kimberly, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. That sounded really good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I couldn't even list all the things that publications you've been in and all the TV things you've been on because it's very extensive, but I think it's extensive because we know it's a, it's a topic that we can't shy away from, but often we do. Maybe we want to think it doesn't happen. We want to think it happens to someone else, but the reality of it is it could be happening anywhere near us at any point in time. So I hit the highlights, but tell us a little bit more in your words about you, what you do today and how this helps all of us to not only protect and serve our our children, but to help them shock their potential of caring for themselves and their bodies. Sure, happy to. So I am Kimberly King. I am a tough, I call myself the tough topics mom because I do talk about a lot of tough topics. I help parents get comfortable talking about really tough issues in a collaborative, authentic way so that they can get ahead of problems before they happen and protect their families. And so how I do that is with my books and my online classes. And the first book that I wrote, I said, no, a kid to kid guide to keeping private parts private 
was sort of created in the middle of um, sort of your classic military deployment. My husband was deployed a day after I had a baby mm-hmm. and my baby had complications and I had to leave my two older children with a neighbor who I knew very well. And I had to go back to the hospital and spend the night. And so during that night, my kids, one of my child, one of my children had an issue with his friend and his friend started to try to get him to do things. And I had trained my kids in the basics about like your body's private. If somebody tries to touch you, say no, get help. And on this night, my son, he did try to get help, but the mom kept sending him back into the room with his friend. Ah. So my, fr- my, my son, the genius little fellow that he was at five, uh, he decided to fake a stomach ache and say he was going to throw up and hung out in the bathroom all night long. That was his way of creating an e- exit strategy. Good for um, him, though. I mean, that yeah. I just want to give him an applause because obviously, Brilliant. obviously for you, because you already talked to him about it. But that is brave stuff for a five-year-old, especially if he was trying to go get help and yeah. being told, eh, forget it. You don't know what you're talking about. Good for yeah. him. It was a great idea. I mean, it's not ideal because this right. was back in 2000 and um, I think six. So like before I had a cell phone, so there, there really wasn't any way for him to get in touch with me. So right. anyway, that event, I picked him up the next day and I could tell right away something was wrong. He ran to my arms. I had a coffee in my hand. I remember it. I was exhausted, got the coffee. I went to the corner to pick him up and I saw him and I literally dropped my coffee because I could tell like something Something terrible happened. Yeah. So that moment motivated me to, uh, well, first of all, I freaked out, but that, that was rough. Like hearing the, he told me right away. Now what's interesting about this is that most kids, 70% of kids don't tell because they're not educated on the topic. So he told me right away. I gave him a hug. Um, I told him it wasn't his fault. I thanked him for telling me. And then um, I went home and had to take a minute to gather myself because it triggered a lot of things for me in my past too. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of how it started. And from there, I developed a book with my son and I've been just taking it into different areas. As a military wife, I had that problem of always moving So the teaching never really worked out for more than one or two years. So I decided to just write children's books and teach people how to keep their kids safe. So that's how it's Kimberly, I, um, you know, thank you obviously for sharing your story with us, but thank you for then saying, I'm going to do something more about this. And I'm going to, if the only outlet I have is to write a book, I'm going to write a book, but clearly this book is making a difference. What, um, what made you talk a little bit about the book? So you, it's sure. from a kid to kid perspective. How, how does that make it? Tell me a little bit about that. Cause I'd, I'd like to know, I know you have a couple copies behind you, but yeah, some of your books, have, at least you uh, this is the copy of the, I said no book. Yes. Uh, so it, it really was organic the way that it happened. I was angry at my friend for not helping my son. I was angry at my husband for being deployed. I was angry at the Navy. I, like, I was angry at everybody, angry at myself. I just blamed myself. It was terrible and I had to do something. So I started journaling. I took my son to the doctor and the pediatrician at the time said, well, if you don't talk about it, it'll just go away. 
Oh, boy. and I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> and it didn't. He wanted to talk about it. He wanted to write about it. And then between him writing and his cute little journals and his stories that he would, you know, draw and color. I just realized there were so many things that we could teach other people that would help other people. So we basically put my journal journal and his together and I'm a teacher. So I'm like, oh, this, this is a book. This could help somebody. So we used his voice and he has a really funny sense of humor. And I, I tried to weave that into the book to make it not, it's not heavy and it's not scary. It's just light, simple, factual, and it's got talking points. So you can take a break have mm -hmm. a conversation. And then also there's a little bit of goofy, you know, his humor, like you'll hear him say no way or hot, you know, just little goofy things with a little sass that make it kid friendly. So um, it's really nice to have it in a child's perspective because it's more relatable for them. So they can see themselves in the book and they can hear their voice in the, in the language and in the tone. And so it really is effective that way. Well, and one of the things before we started taping, you were you were talking about how you're trying to teach kids also how to use, and parents, how to use the right words and to be right. able to have an appropriate dialogue. Um, you know, in my, in my day, and I'm much older than you, I say that in my day, you know, it, it still even trying to talk about what could happen Got, right. you know, my parents very uncomfortable. They would have never known how to have a conversation about it. I, I don't know if we're any better today or not, but it's, it's really kind of terrifying, I think to people, but yet I know that, you know, what I'm sensing from you is, but when we do talk about these things, we take, whether they've happened or not, or we're just preventative, which is what you're hoping to do, that we are actually empowering instead of like the doctor's point, well, if you don't ever talk about it, it's just never going to come up again. Like that's just totally beep, beep <laughs> myself. <laughs> exactly. It is. And the thing that is the biggest problem, I think, for most parents is that we all have these attachments about the topic. Most yep. of us were not educated properly on normal sexuality, on normal child development, on normal adolescent development. We weren't taught about consent. We weren't taught about boundaries. And so we're in a different place now where it's okay to talk about those things. So I always tell parents, first of all, Knowing your body parts, um, yeah. knowing the correct names for your private parts is really important for two reasons. And this, this is like one of the hardest stories. I, I, I always tell it, but it's important. I was a kindergarten teacher. My first year of teaching, never had kids before. I'm 24 years old. And within the first week of school, a little girl tugged on my skirt and said, Miss King, my daddy took my cookie. Now, I had never heard this word cookie before. So I was like, oh, well, tell your daddy not to take your cookie. And I was busy. You know, there were like 27 right. kids in my class. I didn't even think of it, what it could have meant except a cookie. And then the next day she came back and she said, Miss King, my daddy hurt my cookie. And then I'm like, wait, what wait do you mean? Show me what is your cookie. And she pointed and I'm like, oh my God, I missed this poor girl. I missed <sighs> it. So in reporting, every single person knows the word penis or the word vagina. There's no confusion right. about it. Or even if you use the words private parts, if you're uncomfortable with the actual words, which right. I really hope at, at this point we shouldn't be, cause it's right. just like a, you know, finger, it, it's just a body part. Um, right. Yeah. And then the other thing is 
knowing those words is a detriment to abusers. If somebody is trying to find a good target yep. and your child is like, oh, I know that's my vagina and oh, I know that has rules and I'm gonna, t I don't keep secret. If they're very chatty and well-versed on this stuff, it protects them. So that person will choose somebody else because they don't wanna get caught. That is, that is really powerful stuff. And you're right. I mean, as you told the story, you know, because of what we're talking about, I figured out what cookie was, but to your point, you wouldn't ever know. And if somebody was grooming you that way and said, oh, that's just your cookie, you know, then, I mean, you know, it's not right. It doesn't, you know, but right. those words then get confused and they confuse the child even more. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they get confusing. So I tell parents, like, let's start with the right terms. And yeah. it's a really good time during potty training to just start teaching the terms and teaching consent. Like, you know, you have to help your kids when they're potty training, you have to wipe them. But while you're wiping them, you model it. You're like, okay, mommy's going to wipe you this way. Zip, zip, quick, quick, done. There's no dilly dallying and you move on. And then eventually you're like, okay, you, you give it a try, you do it yourself. And then you can back up and you can stay at the door and then you can back up and be in the hallway. And if they need you, they can help, but you want to give them the option and the choice. You don't always want to just rush in there and do it without asking and without explaining what you're doing. That's really important. I would have never thought of that. And especially as, you know, a, as a young mother, you're just trying to get that done. So you could yeah. also get the laundry <laughs> in and yeah, make sure like five million, then... there's 5 million things going. And sure, like in the middle of a diaper disaster, you're not going to go, oh, well, okay, honey, mommy's going to change your diaper. Up the boot. You know, like, right, obviously right. It, if it suits the occasion, but um, it's a really good opportunity, bath time, potty training, a really good opportunity to teach the body parts and start modeling consent and privacy and those types of things. So. Right. I, th I think that's, it's brilliant. Um, Kimberly, we're, uh, gosh, we could, I'm, I can't wait to learn more from you because I think this is so important. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group LLC is a leadership change management and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, -face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one -on -one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5MLS6 and enter the code RESIL50OFF in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. And we are talking with the one and only Tough Topics mom, Kimberly King. I love your title because, you know, it, it sums up what you're doing, but it really doesn't have to be as tough as we make it. And I think the less tough we make it on ourselves, the less tough we make it on our kids or our grandkids, and the more likely we are to have better dialogues. Um, but, you know, 
a lot of these things happen, you know, not everybody's a teacher that might get told or, or someone that's trusted. Um, maybe we don't have our own young kids at home anymore. Um, and in our families and our friend groups and our communities, I think there's times when we know there's something wrong, or maybe that we're concerned. Um, how can we, as you know, our global society also help yeah. to, to have, have better dialogues about this so that we, maybe we can take it out of the shadows at least yeah. a little bit more. That's a really good question. Um, a lot of the advice I give people, even if they don't have kids is to learn the facts on this topic so that you can reduce the risks. And one of the biggest mistakes everybody makes is assuming that this type of thing only happens in bad neighborhoods or it's, it only happens with strangers. And so like the facts mm -hmm. are important. If you know, so 90% of child sexual abuse happens within the inner circles of the people we already know, the coaches, yeah. the youth group leaders, sometimes family members, Older children is a huge, huge risk. 40% of child sexual abuse happens from older, more powerful children. So it's really important to, as a parent, as an adult, or as anybody who cares for children, just to go, go to darknesstolight.org. They have like every statistic you can imagine and they update their information constantly. So they've got all the statistics and then they have ways for you to reduce the risks. So another huge risk category is children of divorce because they are exposed to different situations. They can be perceived as the needy child or, you know, a child under duress. Their mother might be making bad choices with who they're dating. And the biggest, like the risk I talk about the most is when there is a live-in, a new live-in partner. That yep. is the biggest risk because it is time with the child in a new family and it is opportunity. So yep. to have sexual abuse, you have to have time and opportunity. So those, those are some of the risk factors and, and the statistics. It's really important to study up on it. And then once you study and you, you can read a few books about it, you can read books to your children, you can talk about it with your friends. But once you learn like about prevention and you start talking to it with other parents and your kids start talking about it with their friends, it is a ripple effect. So yeah. if you just take one class or just read about it for an hour and you, you just share what you know, it protects other people. They say that for every one adult who is educated and talks about it, it has like a ripple effect of 25 times out. Wow. So what that tells me is that everybody's listening to this podcast needs to just share it out to their social circle, not to any individuals, but to say, I listen to this great podcast because then, you know, what's the kind of ripple of that, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it can be huge. And, you know, other, the other thing is once your kid is educated in this, it's really important for parents to reduce the risk. There are things you can do. Like when you hire a babysitter, even, you know, you tell yes. your babysitter, we are a body safe family. You see these rules on the fridge. If you ask to keep a secret with my child, they're going to tell me, you know, like you, you'd be very upfront about what your kids know, what you know, and your policies. And it's, that's it's really important. important. I think that's, a, that's just a fantastic tip. I would have never thought about that, but just putting it out there directly. I mean, yeah. I, th I think we made advancements in some way, uh, not really, but when we had the nanny cams all over the place, yeah. but the nanny cams are only going to catch somebody doing something wrong. The idea right. 
is to prevent the wrong being done in the first place. Right, exactly. And when you have other people watching your children, you just don't know. Even if it's a family member, even if an older cousin, a random babysitter, you just don't know. So yeah. like inter interviewing, asking really tough questions and then being very upfront, like this is, this is how we roll and <laughs> we're not gonna be dabbling in this. And the kids know the rules, the babysitter knows yeah. the rules and then there's a layer of safety, so. Yeah, well, and I'm thinking too, you know, I remember when the Me Too movement, movement started again, you know, I know it actually started a long time ago, but when it started and we actually used hashtags, yeah. um, I remember thinking, gosh, I only the inner people in my life ever knew that I was attacked uh, long in college. And um, I mean, luckily I got away for the most part, but I had there not only were physical repercussions, but mental and emotional repercussions to that. And mm -hmm. in writing that me too, hashtag me too. I remember the day that I did it on, on Facebook. And that was before everybody even knew. And people are like, what does that mean? And so then as we started to talk about it, you know, and I even started to see how many people around me, you know, had experienced the same thing. It was really eye-opening. And I, what I'm thinking of as we're talking is if everyone listening, I can guarantee you that everyone listening knows someone close enough that has had something happen to either them personally, to someone they love or care about, or someone that they really suspect, but you know, they know, but they don't know. I mean, right. this is something that really touches our lives um, it, very, very emotionally and personally. Um, so everybody can make a difference by being Absolutely. more aware. Absolutely. It's interesting when I do, well, before COVID, when I did in-person parent trainings, I would start off by having everybody just close their eyes. And I would say, raise your hand if you know someone who was sexually abused and every single training, every single person raised their hand. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a startling fact and, and, and a stat, but it can be prevented there. There are so many tools for parents now that, you know what, it's really just, I know it's scary, but it doesn't have to be once you get into it. And once you see that you can start really early and then have open communication with your kids when they're starting, when they're two, if you start talking about these things, when they're two, then it's not a big deal when they're 13. And mm -hmm when they're 13 and they do something, they make mistakes, right? So we've got online stuff, we've got Snapchat, we've got all these social media things and your kids will make mistakes. And when yes. they do, what if your daughter sends a naked picture to a boy down the street? Hopefully she's gonna, because you guys have been having open communication for 13 years, she's gonna come to you and say, mom, I made a mistake, I need your help instead of yeah. mom's yeah. gonna kill me. Right, so right. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's I love cumulative. Kimberly, you have um, an incredible mission. I think it's really, really important. <clears throat> and I love, I love the, the preventative um, feel to it because we know we can't stop everything. We wish we could. But the more we do talk about this and have really open, honest dialogues and we, and we learn to, to, uh, about the things that we can do with our kids, our grandkids, our, you know, our, our neighbors, our God, godchildren, we can prevent some of these things happening. And that, that would be the greatest, that would be an incredible blessing. It, it is. So like empowering your children with education on this absolutely can prevent it. Now, sometimes, you know, you're up, sometimes you're up against a master manipulator who has groomed a family for a year. Yep. And 
even with some of this stuff, they can still get to a point where they have an opportunity and they take it. But if your kids know that it's okay to tell that it's never their fault and that, you know, you love them no matter what, then at least you have a chance with them telling you and they're not going to suffer like five years of sexual abuse at the hands of some priest or whatever. I mean, it's, it, there are so many points access points where they they could tell if they knew it was okay so that's you know that's one of the most important things you know sometimes kids this happens and it's confusing because it might feel good you know that's one problem or they might they might love the person who is so it's very confusing you know they don't want to get them in trouble they don't want to get them in trouble and and so like they have to have a network, like a family safety circle of, I say, try to find five adults that your children can call for all emergencies, no matter what. And then I say, train those five adults in receiving a report because how you receive a report is really important. So if your child calls Aunt Susie and says, I had a, I call them red flags. When there's a body boundary in my book, we say we had a red flag. So if your child calls and says, I had a red flag. Somebody touched my private parts on the bus. You got to train Aunt Susie not to go, oh my God, what happened? Like, oh, you know, like freak out. You've got to teach that person a few steps. Like listen to the child, thank the child for telling you, tell them they're very brave, tell them it's not their fault. And then just have a calm conversation about it. Because if you do that, they're going to talk more. They're going to give you more details. They're not going to feel judged. But if you kind of freak out, which I did freak out, I have to tell you, it, it's hard not to freak out. Um, yep. but, it, but if you know it's better for you not to, if someone has told you that and you're, you've got that ahead of you, just you try to be calm, breathe, and just get as much information as you can. And then if you're one of those trusted adults, you have to get that child to safety. That's part of your job. Right. I lo- And that, what a way to feel proactive as well, to know you're part of somebody's safety circle. I think that's that's a way our community can create yes. more, more safety for everyone. I love it. Kimberly, I could, I'm really impressed with what you're doing. I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now to find out more about what you do and how you might be able to help them, what's the best way for them to reach you? So they can reach me at KimberlyKingBooks.com or I'm on Instagram. At, so it's at Tough Topics Mom. And my classes um and there's a ton of free resources at instagram where you can go on my link tree and just download some free guides and free classes and contact me anytime excellent well before we go kimberly do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers last words well you know we're back to school so Mm -hmm. i think everybody is so worried about covid and all of that that sometimes this topic gets brushed under the rug but I think it's really important to just do a real quick body safety review. So talk about your body parts, talk about the private part rules, reinforce with your kids about like how you don't want them to keep any secrets and then push that open communication, like get the kids talking, not just about this stuff, but every day, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How did school go? What was the best part of your day? Did anybody bother, you know, like talk, because this is something that we really have to communicate about from the beginning. Excellent. Thank you, Kimberly, so much for sharing what you know, your wisdom and uh, giving us something to, uh, to think about. I have really enjoyed having you as a guest today. Oh, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it too. 
Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.